If you go home this morning, right, and you jump on your computer and you Google the A to Z of, a whole bunch of things will come up. Uh, I did it the other day. Some of the most popular hits are things like the A to Z of awesomeness, the A to Z of social media, the A to Z of saving money, the A to Z of home buying, the A to Z of The Hobbit, a whole heap of things, right? The A to Z of almost anything you can think of. Well, the psalm that we're looking at this morning, Psalm 111, it really is the A to Z of praising the Lord. You see, Psalm 111 is an acrostic poem, which means that each successive line begins with the successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet. It's a bit hard to spot in English, but the first line begins with Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The second line begins with Beit, the second letter, and so on, all the way through to the end of the psalm. This psalm really is the A to Z of praising the Lord. It's all about praising the Lord, which you can see by looking at how the psalm begins and ends. So verse 1 starts with the words, Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord. I will greatly praise the Lord with all my heart. In verse 10, the last verse of the psalm, it ends with these words. To him, that is to the Lord, belongs eternal praise. Psalm 111 is all about praising the Lord. A fact that is compounded even more, right, when you look at the next few psalms. You see, Psalm 111 begins with the words, Praise the Lord. Psalm 112, the next psalm, begins with the same words. Praise the Lord. In fact, so does Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. And then jump down a couple of psalms to Psalm 115. Look how it ends, the very last words. Praise the Lord. Psalm 116 ends in the same way. So does Psalm 117. Friends, Psalm 111 is the first in a whole bunch of psalms all about praising the Lord. All of which really means that the big question that you need to answer this morning is who or what do you praise? Because as we'll see from Psalm 111, if your first answer to that is anything other than God, then you're not giving him the preeminent reverence and praise that he deserves. Psalm 111 overwhelmingly shows that the Lord God is the one who is worthy of praise. And it gives us two really clear reasons why. We praise the Lord because of his faithful works and we praise the Lord because of his faithful words. His faithful works and his faithful words. You see, right the way through, Psalm 111 builds up this picture for us that God is worthy of praise because he is faithful, because he keeps his promises, because he does what he says he's going to do. So let's start by having a look at what Psalm 111 has to say about God's faithfulness and in particular his faithful works. 
Now really the big work of God behind most of what this psalm is talking about is the Exodus event in the Old Testament. Remember that amazing rescue when God freed Israel from slavery in Egypt? Let me read again verses 2 to 7 and as I read, see if you can notice the references to the events surrounding the Exodus. Events which highlight the faithfulness of God. So starting from verse 2. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his power, his people the power of his works giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. Did you notice some of the references to the events of the Exodus there? The the events that this psalm uh, wants to remind us of are perhaps some of the clearest examples in the Old Testament of God's faithfulness, examples of God keeping his word. So verses 2 to 4 there, they talk about God's glorious and majestic deeds. They talk about his wonders being remembered, which is a reference to the Exodus itself. When God faithfully redeemed his people out of slavery in Egypt, how? By signs and wonders and majestic deeds. And he did it just like he said he would. I don't know if you noticed, but in verse 5 it talks about God providing food for those who fear him. A reference to the way that he faithfully provided food, you know, bread and a manna and quail for the Israelites when they were in the wilderness, just like he said he would. And verse 6 talks about God giving them the lands of other nations, which of course is what God did with Canaan, the promised land. He led Israel to Canaan and he took it away from the nations who were already there and gave it to the Israelites. Just like he promised Abraham hundreds of years earlier. You see, the first few verses here of Psalm 111 are painting this picture for us of God in faithfulness, working through signs and wonders to bring his people out of slavery. In faithfulness, working to provide for his people in the desert for 40 years. In faithfulness, keeping his promise and leading his people to the promised land giving them the lands of other nations to be their possession. And so, you know, the Israelites, right, as they were sitting there in the promised land, enjoying the fruits of God's faithfulness and reading perhaps Psalm 111, they couldn't help but be reminded of the many, many ways that God had acted faithfully in their past. And so just like the writer of Psalm 111 as they thought about and meditated on and pondered God's faithful works, they praised the Lord. And in one sense, we praise God because of these same faithful works. We've seen his faithfulness. And yet we have even more reason to praise God because, friends, we have seen far, far greater works of faithfulness. We've just celebrated Easter 
a weekend when we remember that through the death and resurrection of Christ, God has done a mighty work of salvation, rescuing his people out of darkness, rescuing his people out of slavery to sin and death and the devil and bringing them out to be united with Christ, raised with Christ, glorified with Christ, to be a people of his very own forever. And look, we remember too that God has done more than simply give us bread and meat. As Christians, God has given us his own son, Jesus. And in Christ, he has given us all we need for life and godliness. In Christ, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And we remember also that God has done more than simply give us, you know, a specific geographical bit of land. In Christ, God has provided his people with an eternal rest, a place where we will live with God himself, a place where there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, a place where God will be given the praise and worship and glory that are rightly his forever. Friends, as we, sitting here, reflect on God's faithful works and especially the works he's done in Christ, we can't do anything else, surely, but praise the Lord. We can't do anything else but express our heartfelt admiration of God in our complete and utter approval of everything he's done. You see, friends, as we reflect on God's faithful works, That's why we praise him. And yet that's not all, is it? We praise God because he is faithful. We praise him because he does what he says he will do. And so that's why Psalm 111 goes on to say that not only do we praise God because of his faithful works, but we also praise God because of his faithful words. So let's pick it up again from verse 7 and notice the shift here from faithful works to faithful words. So verse 7, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They, that is his precepts and his words, they are steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. Not only are God's works faithful, but God's words are faithful. Now the obvious question, of course, is in what sense are God's words faithful? How can we say that God's words are faithful? Well, it's because God's words are intimately connected with God's works. In a sense, the whole first half of the psalm has been building up to this. We've seen clearly a selection of the ways that God has worked time and time again throughout Israel's history to faithfully rescue, to faithfully protect, to faithfully provide for his people. We've seen a selection of the ways that God's works are faithful. Now, in a very real way, God's works are an enacting of God's words. God's works are God's words put into practice, put into action put to work, if you like. And so the fact that we've seen that God's works are faithful, that's the very reason that we can say that God's words are faithful. 
And so for the Israelites, right, as they read Psalm 111 and as they were reminded of God's faithful works, of course they remembered God's words, God's faithful promises to Abraham, promises like, leave your country, go to the land I will show you, the land I'm giving you to possess. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. As they reflected on God's faithful works, They were reminded of God's faithful words and so they praised him. They praised God because of his faithful works. They praised him because of his faithful words. Friends, in short, they praised God because he is faithful. And so they had every reason to praise God. They had seen his faithfulness. Now how much more reason do we have? How much more reason do we have? Because we have Christ. Friends, make no mistake, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. The Israelites saw some of God's promises fulfilled for a little while. We have seen all of God's promises finally, fully fulfilled once and for all, forever in Christ. In Christ, we have the greatest example of God's faithful works. Right? The greatest example of God rescuing and providing and uh, protecting and providing for his people. And so in Christ we have the fullest example that God's word is faithful. In Christ we have full assurance that God himself is faithful. And so friends, surely if anyone can, we can say with the psalmist, I will extol the Lord with all my heart. Now, I hope you can see that the big picture here of Psalm 111 is that we praise, sorry, that the Lord God is worthy of praise because he is faithful. All of which brings us back to the big question that we thought of at the start. Who or what do you praise? Because, friends, Psalm 111 has overwhelmingly shown that the Lord God is the one who is worthy of praise. So let me ask you, who or what do you praise? What sort of things do you ponder? What sort of things are you pondering as you sit here this morning? Who are you going to talk to at morning tea? What are you going to do this afternoon when you get home? Maybe you're thinking about all those people you passed on the way here, already out doing their mowing, doing their gardening, so they've got the rest of the day off. The things you've got to get done at work this week? Where are you going to go on your next holiday? What sort of things do you delight in? Your child's results at school? Their sporting achievements? Your car? Your home? How far you've been able to get up the ladder at work? How much work you've been able to put away and save? Perhaps you delight in how many people look up to you and respect you. Friends, Psalm 111 says, Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. We ought to be pondering the faithful works of God. We ought to be delighting in the things that he has done. What sort of things do you remember? What sort of things do you think back on with fondness? 
Your first car? A favourite holiday? Your child's first day at school? Your first kiss? Your wedding day? A beautiful sunset? Who do you fear? Not in the sense of being scared of, but who do you respect? Who do you admire? Who do you look up to? Your dad or your mum? Your boss? A colleague? Psalm 111 says, God has caused his wonders to be remembered. He is gracious and compassionate. He provides for those who fear him. Friends, we ought to remember and we ought to remind one another of God's mighty wonders, of his mighty saving acts, and none more so than that one mighty saving act in Christ. Friends, we ought to fear God. We ought to respect him. We ought to revere him. Where do you look for wisdom? Oprah? Dr. Phil? Women's Weekly? Phil Gould? Ray Warren? Julia Gillard? Benny Hinn? uh, Sorry, Barack Obama? Your parents? A teacher? Psalm 111 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Who or what do you praise? Look, in one sense, we all praise a whole bunch of things all the time. And that's fine. But friends, we need to remember the closing words of Psalm 111. To the Lord God belongs eternal praise. We need to give preeminent reverence and praise to God. Because in the end, whatever else we praise, whatever else we ponder, whatever else we delight in, whatever else we remember, it will not last. To him belongs eternal praise. So friends, how will you praise the Lord? How will you praise the Lord? Look, if you're into cryptic crosswords or writing poetry, why not go home this afternoon and write your own A to Z of praising the Lord? Spend some time thinking about God's faithfulness and write your own acrostic poem, praising him. Now, not all of us are into that, so maybe you could go home and you could praise God on Facebook, praise God on Twitter. Maybe you could just go home and tell someone in your family what reminds you of God's faithfulness. Tell someone what you like to do to praise God. In the end, there's an infinite number of ways we can praise him, and it's up limited by your imagination. But friends, as we go away this morning from Psalm 111, we need to remember that God is the one who deserves our preeminent reverence and praise. We need to remember that to him belongs eternal praise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do praise you. We praise you because you spoke powerful words and the world came into being. Father, we praise you for your mighty signs and wonders that you did in Egypt. We praise you that with an outstretched arm, with acts of judgment, you brought your people out of slavery 
You brought them out to be your people, to serve and worship you. Father, we thank you that in, uh, we praise you that in faithfulness you provided for your people for 40 years in the desert with bread in the morning and meat at night, just like you said you would. And Father, we, thank, uh, we praise you because you faithfully kept your promise to Abraham. You led your people to the promised land, giving them the lands of other nations to be their possessions. But Father, we praise you especially because not one of your promises have you forgotten. All of your promises are yes in Christ. And so, Father, we praise you because of that one act, that greatest of your acts of salvation, that in Christ you have won the victory. In Christ you have won redemption and forgiveness of sins for your people. Father, we praise you because you are God. You are the Lord. Amen.